This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With Pat and Stu, for Glenn, who is on vacation this week. You know, it makes perfect sense that when uh, somebody dies at the hand of a police officer in Minneapolis... You burn down an AutoZone location, right? When you just you set fire to AutoZone and uh, and then that sets everything right. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert mm-hmm. on on police violence per se, but I do know that most of it is caused by auto parts. Yeah, uh, that's my yeah. understanding of the situation. Well, auto parts, and then you know, strip malls. Uh, oh, huge, I mean, huge. How many of us hate strip malls? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to burn those down, and 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 then you have to steal TVs uh, from Target. Well, they need to be rescued. Those TVs needed to be rescued. They've been held hostage by Target for far too long. Yeah, and who's saying anything about it? Nobody. Nobody. You know, I mean, we were all on the same page, I think. Weren't (laughs) we? That's where I started the day, too. We were kind of on the same page. Yeah. Uh, A really huge injustice happened. A real awful tragedy. A despicable act by that cop who, yes should be charged with some form of murder. I agree with you. And I think he will be. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine him not being. It. Mayor's called for it. I, I I mean, they can't just no-bill the guy now. They've already fired him, so he's he's obviously done something wrong, and they know that. So he's going to be charged, I would imagine, sometime very soon. Uh, once the investigation is over, then they're going to charge somebody with something. And maybe all four of them being accessories. I don't know. Uh, but, okay, so we're there. I don't know anybody who said, no, that looked that looked like it was fine to me. That looked, uh, I, I've never heard anybody say that. And we should stop and emphasize that point for a second. I know of no one. No one. Who made a case for the officers in, no, in this story. I don't think so I, either. There may be somebody. I'm sure there's people on Twitter, right? I mean, I'm sure there are individuals Maybe. in the world who have done it. I'm sure. I like, haven't seen it if, if well, they have. You know, is David Duke saying, you know what, maybe this should have happened? Maybe. I don't know. You know like, there could be somebody out there. I'm not saying there are literally zero people, but I have heard literally zero people make, yeah. the, make the case for the officers in the situation. Right. And I, but the, what is so clear about this is it has nothing to do with what happened. Going right. and rioting and taking television to do with it. has nothing to do. You're not the helping the cause. You're that. not doing no. it uh, for the man who died. Nope. I mean, it's there's... just, uh, it is a, it's a pathetic response to a tragic situation. And what does this do? To your community. What does this do to the poor single mom trying to support her children who now can't get anything at Target? Mm-hmm. You know, how it, like it's very central to your life. It's very central to my life, for sure, Target. Um, but it's central to your life. If you're in a community where you're looking to try to find things at good prices and in plentiful supply, now that place is gone. Your car breaks down, you need to fix it. That place is gone. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. gas stations are now gone. If you need gas to get out of this place that's on fire, that's gone. What good does this do? And what does it do to your community long term? If I were to say to you right now, Pat, hey, I'm moving to Ferguson, what would you say? 
Everyone would say, like, whoa, really? Are, is it okay? Like, what? Now, Ferguson may be much, much better than it was, but everyone thinks of Ferguson, they think of riots. When you think of mm-hmm. uh, Watts... You're, you think of, of riots. Riots, right? Like, the, these mm-hmm. places, you damage your community for decades going forward by doing things Essentially like this. Essentially forever. Yeah. I it, mean, the Watts riots remember. happened in 1967 or 68. And we're still talking, we're still mentioning them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Los Angeles, we joked about it at the beginning of the show. You know, you go to certain areas of Los Angeles that are famous for this, for these events, and that's what people think of. How do, you, mm-hmm. how do property values rise for people in the future? What dumb business puts their business back in this area for a few years. Why Why on earth, if your target, would you why put... Why would you? Now, Minneapolis, target is, is from Minneapolis, isn't it? Isn't it from, isn't no, it, I think I, it is, it, yeah. Um, so they have locations all over the place. But like, you know, if you're a small business, you're going to open up and you have a choice between that neighborhood that was just set on fire or a neighborhood three miles down the road, six miles down the road. Where are you going? Where are you going? I'm going down the road. Yeah. I mean... They, they, Without question. And it, it, what for what? And I'd like to say, oh, well, you know what? The, there are people that will say, look, they're very angry. This is a tragic situation. All of that can be true. You know what? 99% of people didn't act that way. The people who went out there and stole televisions did it to benefit themselves financially, period. Mm-hmm. They don't. That has nothing to do with this guy who was killed. It is taking advantage of a crisis. Yep. It's never letting a good crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. And, that's I mean, what they've learned, and that's what they're doing. Do you here. see the footage inside of this Target? It's oh, like it's like a, we, we should show that because it's look at unbelievable. This Beirut. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to uh, how these how this can happen. You know, and mm. and and you go down the, the area where an auto zone is on fire, and the fire department's not coming. If they come, they're getting they're getting shot at. And they're getting things thrown at them. We saw mm-hmm. this at least with the police. At one point, a, a, there's a guy laying down on the on the ground. A police officer stops to help him, and they knock his windows in, so he has to pull pull away. What the hell are you doing? Like, I'm not Jeez. saying there's rational decision making being made here. Obviously, there's not. But this mm-hmm. is it's it's the type of of ridiculous nonsense in a moment, Pat, where we're all in the moment of like. We like puppies. We like ice cream. Everybody agrees on this topic, right? Mm-hmm. We're all in the same place. This was a terrible mm-hmm. thing. The police were in the wrong. Somebody should be ch- charged should with be charged some with form of murder, murder whatever or, you decide that is, second degree, negligent uh, yeah. homicide, whatever. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but I yeah. mean, I, I, right. whatever it is, to my eye, certainly that's what it was. They need to be held accountable judicious, judiciously. Yeah, and we have a system to deal with this, yeah. and, and, and the... the and it's being dealt with, by the way. Right. At, it's, this is not one of those situations where these guys are still working. They're still out on yeah. shifts. It's not like, like the, the police department is saying, oh, these guys didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I haven't even heard the police department defend them. Nope. They hey, fired they, them. They, didn't I, even, they were just following procedure. Nope, none of that. They're not saying any of it. None of it. So what are you doing? Uh, oh, you're just messing up your community. That's what you're doing. You're destroying your community. Yeah. Glenn always used and to, the goodwill. Yeah. Uh, exactly, because Glenn used to be, uh, it used to make this point all the time when we would go out on these marches and stuff for for issues that we thought were important. And his case was always, we need to be basically perfect. When we did the rally in mm. Washington D.C., mm-hmm. the idea was no signs. Don't bring any signs to the rally uh, rally uh, in in Washington D.C. 
restoring uh, honor. Why? Because if one person's going to have a sign that's distasteful, it's going to be the only thing covered. Yeah, you're afraid that somebody's going to do something goofy. Yeah. Uh, somebody's going to have uh, the wrong kind of sign. Yeah. And then that's all people will focus on. Pick up your trash. Well, that's we what's said, happened now. We said pick up your trash because we wanted to show that we could leave that place mm-hmm. cleaner than when we got there. Right? Yep. And, and this goes back to, this is not some right-wing tactic. This is something that Martin Luther King uh, focused on all the time mm-hmm. saying that you know if we want to win we have to show we're on the right side of this so when we're being attacked by police don't let them get a freeze frame of us fighting back right it was to that extreme you know and you're not going to help your cause by burning down a freaking target how is this possibly something that has to be said <laughs> i don't know i don't know and you know what i, I, don't I, I keep know. coming to the same conclusion it's not about helping the cause what well, yes the, right. the, the people right. who did those things last night are out there to help themselves they want free crap they know mm-hmm. the police are not going to arrest them so they're just stealing things yes period yes triple eight seven two seven b-e-c-k that and for glenn this is the glenn beck program When you log into your computer, something weirdly good happens. Your password gets changed into asterisks or dots. That's your computer doing you a favor by helping to keep prying eyes out of your information. But today, in our connected world with new cyber threats discovered every single day, personal information that you have that you think is private may not be. You need the best protection. Cyber criminals can hack your connection and see what you're sending and receiving over Wi-Fi, even if it is password protected. They can also use malware to turn your PC webcam on without you even knowing it or steal your info from other devices. That's why there's Norton 360. It has a no-log VPN with bank-grade encryption, safe cam to help block PC webcam takeovers, and real-time security against existing and emerging cyber threats for all of your devices. Now, nobody can prevent all cyber crime, but with Norton 360's multiple layers of protection, you can keep prying eyes out. So go to Norton.com slash Beck and save up to 50% off your first year with an annual subscription. That's Norton.com slash Beck. Save 50% now. Norton.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenbeck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. You know, it's just really disappointing and uh, and really despicable to just burn down your community when this kind of stuff happens and you lose all the goodwill that was. I mean, again, I think we were all pretty much on the same page. Every reasonable human being, right and left. And how many things can we get together on? Yeah, right and left. We Very can't few. even decide on a virus. <laughs> on the right and left. <laughs> We're completely separated on that. Yeah. It surprises we, me how many people are pro-virus, honestly. Uh, right? I, I, you know? I know. <laughs> so here we are all agreeing this was a despicable act yeah. by these four cops, and especially the one who had his knee in the guy's throat and suffocated him to death. Despicable and wrong, and he should be in prison after he has his due process and so maybe should the other three for not doing a thing about it so we're all there and then this and it and then you just what are you doing what are you doing how does this help and the problem is the honesty at many in many places are is not going to extend where everybody who is i'm a huge defender of the police there is it is rare that i don't see Mm -hmm. their side of it even if i don't think they did the right thing I can understand. I have I've had relatives who uh, who were you know officers, and I know 
what their families feel yeah. when they're out and, and they don't come home until late at night and they realize they were on some crazy case or some crazy thing happened and they realize they while they were asleep, they might have lost their husband or lost their father. Mm-hmm. Like the, the stresses of that job are intense and sometimes things happen that are not easy, as easily explained as the media wants it to be. Well, a white cop does something to a black person. They'll show these numbers like, oh, did you know the police have killed this many people? Yeah, start looking at those cases. What you're going to find is about 98% of them are completely justified. Many of them are weapons pointed at the officer when it happens. Right. So, like, you can't right. just throw that stuff out there and make this into some, you know, endemic situation. It's not. It's, there's not a... There is not a um uh, an uh, overwhelming uh case to be made that there is some ridiculous high level of violence by police officers towards african americans no and is, the, the fact the, the is statistics just do not they kill more white people than black people they do and you know we, we've seen this you can every way you look at this you find the same thing yeah um to the point of even black officers are more likely uh, you know, to get in these situations um, when it comes to uh, when they when it comes to situations where there there is a, a shooting going on, a lot of times black officers are the ones who are are there, and it's about I think it's right around the same uh, percentage as white officers. If there's a big racism problem, you'd think the white officers would be would be doing it at a much higher rate. There doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a difference in the rate. Uh, the the point of that it, 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 that's a separate larger conversation, but we should all be able to to agree on this basic point. Which is this particular case, it looks like there was something very wrong. Justice should be served mm-hmm. here. And at the end of that, there is a, there's that conversation that can be had as to why these situations sometimes happen and why they're reacted to in this way. Right? It's not just the, the situation happening. Because look, there are murders that happen all the time in this country. You know, there was, people were posting, you know, one of the only defense I've seen at all and I'll put defense in air quotes of this situation is people are posting other murders where a, or, uh, other situations where black cops have killed white people in similar situations recently that you never knew about. Right. Mm. And like, is that true? Yeah. There's also, by the way, other examples of, of white cops killing black people that you don't hear about. You know, some of these things just break through, right? The video is probably the biggest reason for this one breaking through. Yeah. But like, there's no case to be made. That you can take this and broaden it to a giant group like officers, like black people, like white people. You know, that is that is what is wrong here. And instead of that being something that we can kind of agree on, which is sort of basic logic, it's, it's, it's nothing advanced. Instead, we're, we have people setting communities on fire. And who's being punished by this? You know, I, I don't know where the police the officers lived, but I doubt they lived there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what, who's getting punished? The people who are the victims? It's, it is insanity. Insanity. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K more in 60 seconds. Home is where the heart is, especially now when we've been quarantined. Blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world, wants to help you turn your home into even more of a sanctuary this summer. A retreat to escape to by offering you a chance to win a contact-free total bedroom makeover worth over two grand, plus a virtual session with an experienced interior designer whose work has been featured in Country Living Magazine, Pop Sugar, and has inspired millions online. With Blinds.com, 
Home.com. Making your home more beautiful is easy and affordable. Enter your chance to win, and you could transform your bedroom into the perfect staycation. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners, plus they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows. Go to Blinds.com right now and enter for your chance to win a total bedroom makeover worth over two grand. And check out their special savings on top-quality interior blind shades, shutters, and outdoor shades. No purchase is necessary. Rule and restrictions may apply. See Blinds.com for details. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, just a side note here real quick. Uh, the Dow is at twenty seven. Oh no, 25,731 right now. 20, it's, it's going back almost to 26,000. It's incredible. It was at 29,000 when this started. It went all the way down to 18,000 something. Uh, and now already it's rebound to almost 26,000. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing the roller coaster ride on the stock exchange right now. A lot of people focus on the the fact that they seem disconnected. The the economy in general, with people another two million unemployed today. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's two point, I think it was two point one today, which is the lowest number of this situation. But still, but also, that's forty million people in ten weeks. Right, uh, you know, forty million. It's been this has been going on for 10, 10 wow. weeks. The first week was I think it was just partially ramping up. So the first one I kind of don't count. But in nine mm-hmm. weeks, it's been about you know right around forty million uh, people, and this is the lowest in that mm-hmm. nine week span. That's the good news. The bad news is it's the the ninth highest in U.S. history. Yeah, and still (laughs) five times higher than the highest month, right? Uh, The highest was 800,000, so so. almost three times uh, higher. And that was just for like Mm. one month during the Great Recession. So what's the disconnect there? The disconnect actually, I think, is good news in this particular case in that the the stock market is predicting what the future is going to be. They're not predicting what... what, They're not saying, Mm -hmm. hey, we see all these people unemployed. They, of course, see that. But the people whose money is on the line believe this is going to bounce back at some point. Yeah. Right? They're very optimistic. I just don't... When I see this government money running out, and it's going to run out at some point, guys. It's not going to go forever. Not as long as the printing machines are plugged in. Stu, we we could spend all you want. We'll print more. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's like Lay's potato chips. Eat all you want. We'll just make more. (laughs) That's what we're doing with our monetary system right now. It is. It's really wonderful. It really is. There's no chance that it stops before November, right? There's no. It's probably true. We've got a presidential election going on. No one's going to step in and say, by the way, all the money is cut off. Like, that's not going to happen at least until November. So uh, maybe. But eventually it will have to be. It has to be cut off at some point. Because what have we. We've increased our debt. Five trillion dollars in two months. Oh my gosh! Five trillion. We've gone from twenty to twenty-five trillion in two months. Uh, that's completely unsustainable. And that's more than what the first couple hundred years of our yeah. republic combined. Yeah. What what is the thing we it took from George Washington to Ronald Reagan to get a trillion in debt, and then it took from uh, Reagan to Obama to get ten trillion in debt. And now it's taken from Obama to Trump to go another fifteen trillion in debt Jeez. in the last what eleven years. And there's really insane. no insane. We we should be honest about this point. There is no party fighting for that at this point. No, that's right. Neither Republican, Democrat, neither one cares. cares. 
They don't care. Now, at some level, right at this moment, I can understand it, right? In the middle of a pandemic, when you're telling people they can't go to work, this is the time you're supposed to be able to bridge these caps. The problem is when you're $20 trillion in debt at the start of it, it's a lot harder to do. Mm-hmm. If we Let's just say we had this crazy libertarian version where we're less, we're, let's say we're half a trillion dollars in debt and a pandemic hits. Think of how much easier it would be to deal with these things. We could go $5 trillion in debt and not even care. Yeah. It, but instead, yeah, yeah. we are already at the brink. Now we've had to push ourselves past the brink and we know the future, there's more coming. How do you deal with this over a long period of time? You don't. I mean, you frankly don't, unless you're going to modern monetary theory, which is where we've decided to apparently just experiment and see what happens. And, and, you know, hey, look, I know <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good policy when you think about it. <laughs> just keep you printing know? forever? Yeah. With no repercussions yeah. whatsoever. It's really good, pro- you know, because we don't even, you throw these numbers, numbers around now and we're so cavalier about it. Yeah, it's another trillion dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. We, it doesn't even phase us anymore. It's like saying, yeah, uh, I just borrowed ten dollars uh, from a friend. Yeah, now I'll pay it back. That's the way it's discussed. It's the way it's discussed now. But when you put it into perspective a little bit and think about a trillion, just one trillion, uh, if you count backward uh, to a a million seconds ago, would have been twelve days. A million seconds. One billion seconds. A billion seconds is thirty-one years. Jeez. Mm. One trillion seconds. <laughs> Is thirty one thousand BC? A tr- that's how big a stinking trillion is. Incomprehensible. And we don't even consider it. No, we don't even think about remember, it. Remember, remember the fine. fights we had over seven hundred and eighty billion dollars for the stimulus and for yeah. Obamacare. Yeah, uh, we passed these things without even without even votes. We're passing multiple trillion dollar bills now. I mean, it's insanity. <sighs> Nobody. I mean, where are the libertarians here saying, uh, excuse me? I think they're saying it, just no one listens to them anymore. (laughs) Maybe. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talk to Mike Lindell and about Mike Lindell. He is the inventor of my pillow and how, you know, his pillow is giving me great night's sleep. I love his sheets. But I want you to know that you are the reason my pillow is the incredible company that it is today. You've trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Well, Mike is now offering a buy one, get one deal on some of his incredible products like the Giza Dream Sheets, duvet covers, pillows, their bolster and neck pillows, and so much more. You can get these buy one, get one free offers with the promo code back remember all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee so if you don't love it as much as i do send it back just go to mypillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and check out the buy one get one free deals there are also deep discounts on all other my pillow products as well enter the promo code b-e-c-k or call 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 and get these great radio specials from mypillow.com Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. It is Pat and Stu uh, for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. He's on vacation this week. Uh, By the way, you can check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, right before this show every weekday uh, at uh, 7 to 9 eastern time and i then, know i do pat yeah. i i listen and watch every day i will literally watch the show live then listen back to it from the podcast 
Thank you, unbiased listener. That's me. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, also, check out Stu Does America. I actually watch that one every day, too. Uh, it is on uh, YouTube. The whole thing, though? Mm-hmm. The, all of it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's on Blaze TV and YouTube okay. and, and mm-hmm. podcasts. Just go and subscribe. It's, uh, it's, I think you'll like both of the shows a lot. Uh, and uh, Glenn will be back on, uh, on, on Monday, Monday if you don't. So like, you can just be like, well, I don't like those shows. Where's Glenn? He's back on Monday. <laughs> We're solving all these problems for you. Yeah, just so, so we got don't you go covered burn, every which way. Don't burn down a Target just because Glenn's not here today. You know, or a Walmart for that matter. Yeah, that's true. We should, any big box store should not be lit, up, uh, lit on fire. And I'm somewhat averse to burning down an auto zone as well. What about an O'Reilly Auto Parts? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm almost... No, I'm going to say it. Don't do that either. Wow. Yeah, don't yeah, do that That's uh, either. Napa? Hmm... Uh, <laughs> No. no Napa, you think no? No, wow! I don't, I don't this think is so. an incredibly tough stand. You know, it, that's not a hot take coming from Pat. He's thought that one through. <laughs> that's important. Yeah, yeah. There was a time in my life when I didn't care that much about the Napa auto parts, but then now I do. Now you do. As I've gotten older, I've decided <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. Uh, I, it's so frustrating, and like <clears throat> you, you just want you want to be able to get through these things in a way that is that that actually helps people. Like, mm-hmm. it would be nice to take something out of this where this should not happen again. And we should point out the fact that one of the reasons uh, that we know about this stuff is because of the technology that, you know, that you're burning down at the Target. Mm. They have an electronics section where they sell phones. And the fact that those are distributed to even people who don't, uh, not of means, people who don't have tons of cash now have this incredible uh, device in their pocket. And they are able to record these things. And I will say, too, from everything I understand, the police had body cameras on, too. Yeah, they What's did. What's fascinating about this and is they were how activated. they thought this would go That's for them. one of the things that baffles me the most, because not only did they know their body cams are on, they see the bystanders recording them as they're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like we said yesterday, even if it's just for your own self-preservation... Even if you want to, you know, you just want to keep your career and you don't care about this poor man, you're suffocating to death. Don't you care about your own well-being after this? And they disregarded all of that. I mean, when the guy stops moving, especially, you don't even stop to check his pulse and make sure he's okay. I, I don't even understand that. I, how, how, do you, how do you not, at least when the guy completely stops moving and doesn't seem to be breathing, and everybody's telling you, at least check his pulse. Nope. You just sit there. You sit there with your knee in his throat for the next four minutes, even after that. It's unreal. Comprehensible. I feel, I feel in some ways, as I do when hearing Governor Northam talk about how after a baby is born, it's the mom and dad's choice as to whether they give it any, any help. Yeah. You know, like that, it's that type of thing where you have a person who, is in, who has no chance of life unless you help them Mm -hmm. and you sit there and you in this case make it worse in northam's case same thing right like you're ending a life Mm -hmm. that should continue with and this is in a case forget the abortion debate for a second this is someone who's already been born this is why conservatives were so (laughs) pissed off about that and like the left's like well come on this is the women's right to choose to choose to kill their kid after it's born no you don't get that right to choose that's got nothing to do with women's choice right it's got nothing to do with it and this is a situation here where this like look 
I am much more likely to see the police officer's side. That has nothing to do with color. That has to do with, I believe, generally speaking, the police are good people. And mm-hmm. I could butt up with a lot of my, you know, more hardcore libertarian friends who don't see it that way. It has nothing, it's not a race thing, you know. Um, a lot of libertarians see, you know, violence from police officers as a, as a really, and you know, large-scale problem. Uh, and I tend to think that, generally speaking, they're justified. After going over the individual cases, the, the general perception I get is that most of these things wind up being misconstrued for purposes uh, like power and, 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 and racial dynamics and all these things yeah. that get played up by, you know, the, whatever, whoever the new Al Sharpton is. And so <laughs> I understand that that all, that all happens. But looking at this one, it's so obvious. I have literally not seen anyone. Not, usually you at least see i didn't see any case i didn't see many defenses of uh of the ahmad arbery situation from a couple of weeks ago either yeah um but i think a couple of people at least attempted that one this one is is just it's a wasteland there's nobody defending these actions nobody i, I eventually maybe we'll get a case from the police officers that makes it a little bit more muddy especially maybe one of the the people who were there and didn't stop it maybe they have some i, I can't i don't know what it could be yeah, it's hard. But I mean, it's, it's hard. hard to imagine any kind of defense for those guys. They they say he was resisting arrest at some point. Yeah. And maybe when he was yanked out of the car, he was resi- resisting somewhat. I saw that video, too, now, uh, yesterday or the day before, where, you know, they seem to struggle a little bit to get him out of the car. But then they show multiple times right. where he's completely complying with everything they say and do to him. Yeah. And, and, and really, it doesn't it doesn't matter period when it comes to how how difficult it was to get him into that position once he is in that position leave him alone you, well you, yeah at least you don't do you what certainly they did. don't do what they did yeah. you know you at least yeah. again i can understand saying like he's a big guy he could get up he could do things that's all true but that doesn't mean you do this put him in the squad car yeah that's what these things are pick him up and put him in the back of the vehicle till you wait for the the medical services to roll right and frankly like i uh, let's just say this was a situation where this guy tried to resist a lot he may have punched an officer um all of these things and he was a real problem in that case i'm going to be relatively uh sympathetic to an officer Mm -hmm. who who beats the crap out of the guy, for lack of a better uh, framing? I, I, you know, like I, I, I'm not saying like after he's subdued, you beat the crap out of him. But if there's a, a an altercation that happens, the police officer is completely justified in defending himself and subduing the uh, the person on the other side of that. That was not the case here <laughs> in any way, and you, a lot of times the background of this winds up being, well, he had this legal problem. Here he is being arrested seven years ago for X, Y, and Z. And all that stuff is irrelevant. Irrelevant in this case. We think of, of, of our, of our military. These guys go into areas where they're arresting ISIS people who are on video lighting Christians on fire in cages who have murdered people. They know and in almost all cases, what happens, They, if they were to subdue them, they're not doing... Remember, it was a big scandal when they did naked pyramids around them. When they, when they put... They had dogs barking mm-hmm. at them. The entire nation was in, was up, was in uproar. Why? <laughs> because when we get to a position, at least in, the, in our country, when we get to a position where the person is subdued, we do not 
continue to beat the crap out of them and to kill them. This is not what we do here. It happens all over the world. It doesn't happen here. We don't, mm-hmm. That's not part of our culture, and it's something that we all stand up against to the point of when with these military guys, with every justification to just put a gun to the guy's head and pull the trigger, every justification when you're talking about ISIS or Al-Qaeda or one of these groups, and they don't do mm-hmm. it because they are expected to have an immense almost inhuman amount of restraint and that's so that the argument of this guy may have and we haven't even seen that with this guy really but if there was an argument that he had done other things in the past or there was a more resisting at a a previous moment in this altercation uh, that's just not material to what you see on this video this is why i can't even come up with a justification i cannot come up with an argument for the police on this one i can't um and like you've said We've defended the police on so many occasions. Yeah. I mean, the hands up, don't shoot thing, which didn't even happen. The guy wasn't saying hands up, don't shoot. Nope. My hands are up, don't shoot. He, he was, wasn't even saying that. He was coming at the police officer trying to attack him at the time, which is why we oppose those sorts of movements, because they were based on fallacy. Yep. This one, we agree with you. It was terrible. It was tragic. It was uncalled for. The guy's a criminal. And what happens from here? Because you're right. What's going to happen is we're all going to basically ignore this massive amount of common ground that we have on the story. Yeah. And instead, we are going to go to another part of the story, which we should have the equal amount of common ground on. Mm-hmm. Every left-wing leader, every black leader, everybody in Black Lives Matter should, should stand up and the say, top of their lawns. these bastards for screwing up this, mm-hmm. what, the, what we should be focusing on, which is this guy's life. Instead, they're stealing televisions from Target. But what will happen is conservatives will come out and say, you know what, that's wrong. And the left, you will have large chunks of people who will say, well, you know what, that's justified because you don't understand what the, what the pressures of this and blah, 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 blah. It's and the only thing they have. To, it's the only means they have yeah. to express themselves. No, no it's not. No. no, it is not. not I'm sorry, Stop stealing it. a television from Target. But I've heard that Target. argument. Yeah, it's not expression. No, <laughs> no, it is not. It's not expression. That's not free speech. <laughs> no, we've come to the point where we're calling porn free speech, but stealing <laughs> yeah. a television is no. not free speech. Can't go with you there. Uh, Mike in Colorado, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Hey, good morning, fellas. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Mm-hmm. And sorry if I sound a little muffled. I have to work with a mask on, so. Oh, okay. ah, yes. Right. Right. Uh, I got a couple thoughts about... The, the stuff that happened last night. Um, one thing is, is I don't think there's a darn person that was at those riots last night that's listening to the show this morning. Unfortunately, <laughs> how dare so, you, <laughs> uh, you bastard! Uh, but not much of a leap there. You're, no. you're probably right. Yeah. But what there is was all day yesterday, and even so far today, are a lot of the black leaders that you just spoke of, kind of adding fuel to that fire, saying that it's time we get ours. It's time we light this mf up and a lot of stuff that's incredibly incendiary where it could be the message that you just spoke of of mm-hmm. hey this, this this sets us back it sets us back even further in this cause and uh you know use that energy a little more effectively um yeah that's exactly a, right a, a tragic it's a great point and, and, and yeah and i will say thanks mike uh you know, it, he's completely right on that. First of all, I will say the you know, like, for example, the elderly woman uh, in the wheelchair that was uh, beaten oh. in the middle of the rally. She might be a listener. So if you're a listener, oh, feel free to man. call. We'd love to hear from you if you if you can speak. And, and I will say that, you know, there is uh, that is true. We are seeing some of that out there. It's it's a terrible instinct, a terrible instinct. This has to be uh, pushed down. 
Um, you know, we, and I will say this too, COVID-19 has been tragic. Uh, the mask thing, if we have muffled calls on talk shows, that's completely <laughs> unacceptable. As a nation, we need to rise up mm-hmm. and burn down every target in America until there are no more masked phone calls on talk shows. That's a joke, and don't do it. Uh, because I realize I could see myself <laughs> in a legal proceeding. that you have to say that. That's America 2020. Thank you. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, the last few months have really reminded us what's important in life. It's also helped us understand what we can eliminate or change. It's the same for business. What are the changes you have to make? Do you have a hairball of multiple software programs when you could streamline with one? Do you have a handle on all your numbers at any time? What you need is NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud-based business system. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything all in one place. So you save time, money, and headaches. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite will give you the visibility and control that you need to manage every penny with precision. Join over 20,000 companies who now trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies that they're using as America reopens for business. Get your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash that's netsuite.com slash back. 888 beck is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Pat, you were talking about an issue with uh, Michael Jordan's documentary. Yeah, uh, Michael Jordan said on his documentary, uh, The Last Dance, that he didn't keep isaiah thomas on if, if you're not familiar of the michael jordan isaiah thomas dynamic they hate each other <laughs> yeah. they're not friends jordan definitely hates thomas thomas yeah. seems a little bit m- yeah, more like restrained he, right and i don't i don't know if it stems from the you know the competition they had with the pistons and the bulls yeah. or where it comes from but they don't jordan doesn't law does not like him and that's pretty clear and when he talks about him on the documentary it's pretty clear but what he what he said was he did not have anything to do with Isaiah Thomas not being included on the 1992 Dream Team? Hmm. Well, we got a little, uh, we got a little audio here that might lead you to believe something else. Here is uh, Michael Jordan talking about speaking with Rod Thorne, who um, was one of the one of the higher ups mm-hmm. in the decision makers in the process of deciding who was on the Dream Team. Listen to this. They called me to ask me to play. Rod Thorne called me to Rod. I love to play with Isaiah Thomas. So he's saying they called me to ask how I would feel about Isaiah Thomas being on the Dream Team, and he said I won't play if he's on. <laughs> he assured me. He said, "You know what? Chuck that one, Isaiah. So Isaiah's not going to be a part of the team." So again, it, it's a little hard to understand because it's not great quality. But he said Rod Thorne called me. I said Rod, I won't play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. He assured me. He said, "You know what? Chuck doesn't want Isaiah either. So Isaiah is not going to be part of the team." <laughs> well, I mean, that does sort of back up what he said, right? Which was that it it wasn't his decision, right? It wasn't about him doing <laughs> yeah. it. If Chuck, yeah, if the coach I mean, doesn't want the guy, and and the coach is the guy who was <clears throat> coaching Isaiah Thomas, Chuck, Chuck Daly was his coach. Although, would they have put Isaiah Thomas on the team if Michael Jordan didn't didn't object? My guess is yes. Well, I think they would. But what 
at least what his case is there is that Thorne was saying the answer to that was no. Maybe. Yeah, right? maybe. I mean, they were saying That's that possible. maybe they had a dynamic. I mean, look, these teams fight, you know, the famously Jordan fought with his general manager. Uh, very possible that, you know, the coach and Isaiah Thomas didn't get along then and they, neither one of them wanted them on. I mean, it certainly didn't help Isaiah Thomas get on the team no, that Jordan didn't want him on the team. You could also maybe make the case that they didn't need him on the team no. either way. <laughs> they did pretty well. Kind of worked out yeah. uh, without Isaiah don't, Thomas don't on the team. Don't smear Michael Jordan. What would you get that from? <laughs> LeBronJames.com? <laughs> uh, all right. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu for Glenn coming up. This week featuring Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's on vacation. So, the parades for the 100,000 death mark have been happening in the mainstream media. Uh, <laughs> That's a hell of a they, way to put it. They, yes. I mean, they, they love that number. They love it. Because why they can beat Trump over the head with it. I think that's yeah. the full reasoning behind it. Yeah, they are treating it a little bit like the bicentennial. Which is not... <laughs> yes, they shouldn't are. feel like that. It, no, I don't think it should either. Um, that's the only reason, though, I can come up with, right? I mean, yeah. they, they do seem to just think... Well, this looks bad for Trump because, and again, there's a lot of question marks associated with this argument because it doesn't make any sense. Trump has not is not led every part of this. It is a state by state response. Uh, there have been some things you can be critical of. There would be a lot of things I think you can also look at and say have gone pretty well. We're in the middle of the pack worldwide when it comes to per capita death rate. We're not at the bottom. We're not at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't do as well as countries that have authoritarian regimes and can just lock all their people away. Mm-hmm. And uh, lie. And lie. About the real yeah, numbers. Right. I mean, you do Does a lot anybody better. believe China has around 5,000 deaths from this? I, I'm pleased that's preposterous. Oh, preposterous. Uh, and, and even, that, remember, it was only 3,000 a little while ago. And then yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, we're adding a couple thousand. <laughs> you know, like, we all know it's higher, right? Much. E- even if you were to argue they locked down so hard that they were able to control it within their borders. <laughs> In the time in between when people left, uh, left there were breakouts uh, outside of, of the country. People mm-hmm. were coming back in. Yes. Uh, there would be, it's quite clear. And, and there have been estimates of tens of thousands more. Um, you know, it's funny uh, you mentioned China because I had this thought yesterday because we were talking about Brazil on Stu Does America. By the way, you can subscribe to that on YouTube or on a podcast. Also, Pat Gray Unleashed. I was, uh, I was looking at, at Brazil and we were doing something on that. Brazil is basically the hot point of the world right now. Uh, you know, the United States is on a decline. We're opening up. We're doing these things. Brazil is where we were in like the second week of April. You know, the, the absolute like increasing every day. Mm-hmm. They actually passed us in daily death rate uh, two days ago. Um, although we took, you know, we took the title, <laughs> took the title back yesterday. And we you know we have a lot more people than they do. You'd expect it to be slightly higher, but they're in real trouble. Like, and they don't have the medical system that we do. They think there's already thirty thousand people who have died there. They believe it's much, much, much higher than that in mm-hmm. reality. And I thought to myself, it's weird that the the global hotspot would be Brazil, and yet I hadn't heard anything about Venezuela. Now, Venezuela can barely keep people alive in normal times. <laughs> Nothing, they're not getting any effects from this at all. What is going on? And so I started doing some research on it, and there's actually a new report out um, from Johns Hopkins about Venezuela. How many do they claim how, have, that have died from the virus? So they have a Venezuela. population of 30 million people. Right. So far, COVID-19 deaths in Venezuela, 10. 
10 deaths. Just 10. Not 10,000. <laughs> not 10, 10 million. 10. 10. 10 people died. 10 people have died so They're far. They're doing a pretty good job. They then. must be doing a great job, right? right? Not lying to us or just letting yeah. people die and never figuring it out. Uh, so they did, they, they say they've only had 1,121 cases, which is, I mean, obviously ridiculous, right? We all know mm-hmm. that that's ridiculous. They've decided now to go in. They've talked to the doctors on the ground. They've tried to do a study to estimate where they actually are. They believe uh, there are 30,000 more deaths than they're reporting. Wow. 30,000 more COVID deaths. Now that is, wow. that would make them a massive hotspot. We have no idea yeah. what's happening you know, it's interesting when you look at the numbers from around the world, we are all focusing on numbers of, of countries that are relatively toward the, you know, the top of the economic chain that have well-developed health systems that are reporting their data. Mm-hmm. I mean, China is an exception because of, of the authoritarian nature uh, of, of their government. But there are a lot of countries out there that are reporting their data, I think, the best way that they can. Um, it's the, the situation is there are... What, two-thirds of the nations on earth that would not fall into that category and there's like the entire continent of africa what's going on there we know we've had outbreaks in specific areas but there have not been, we have no concept of what's going on there there are re- some reasons to believe it's not as bad in a situation like that because people are spread out naturally and there's some things that could play into that but you know you look at some some of the cities they're very jam-packed <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I believe mm-hmm. it was in India where they were saying one of the doctors in India was saying, look, social distancing. We know it sucks for you, but like that's a luxury. We all we have like eight people in this room. There's no social distancing that happens. Yeah, we can't. We don't. We're not going to get a trillion dollar bailout from our government. We're just going to wind up having to deal with this on our own. And those a lot, some of those places have really flared up out of control for understandable reasons. They already had problems in these countries, and, and this is just making it a lot worse. But the, the our our um, when we passed, I think it was Spain in daily uh, death count. Spain was number one, and then we came up and passed them. That was something that was going on the front page of papers. That was something that was discussed by the media like crazy. This is this is horrific, and we know we know whose fault it is. It's the orange guy in the White House. Mm-hmm. And when that we reversed, and it was Brazil, it was either not mentioned at all, which was in most cases. Or they said, Brazil passed us. By the way, their president is basically Donald Trump. Because they like to say That's that right. about the Brazilian president. He's, right. he's very well aligned with Donald Trump. He's, he's a populist like Donald Trump. He's doing the same things Donald Trump is doing. <laughs> so how these stories, it's mm. incredible. They find a way to tie them to, uh, to Donald Trump in every way. And to go back quickly mm-hmm. to what we were talking about last hour, you know who hasn't really been tied to the story yet? Is Donald Trump. Why? He said, yesterday made a statement that said the DOJ and the FBI or whatever, I think it was, the, he said the DOJ, was, was investigating this and we will get justice. That's been his only comment about it. So his comment has not been able to advance the narrative that he's horrible. So therefore, he's just not associated with the story yet. When he says something out of line with what he's supposed to say, mm-hmm. he will become the only story. If right. he said nothing yesterday, he would be, it would be a big story today of why is the president silent on this death? Well, the banner on CNN all morning long up until and i don't think it's there right now yeah but the u.s surpasses a hundred thousand deaths in less than four months that is the banner the banner they had most of two hours while i was on the air this morning was trump silent 
as 100,000 plus Americans die from coronavirus. <laughs> Wait. Wait, he's been like talking a, about this constantly. He was doing uh, press conferences yes, every day. It didn't start with 100,000. He's been commenting all along. Unbelievable. And I guess you have to comment uh, every round number we hit now or something. Um, but do you know there are there are 600,000 people that die from cancer every single year? And heart disease too, right? And heart disease mm-hmm. and car accidents and i guess it doesn't those people don't matter at all because you're not asking him to comment on that no is it worse if you die from coronavirus than if you die from cancer (laughs) no are you super Uh, dead from coronavirus and only mostly dead with uh cancer i mean there are different problems right uh you know you're not necessarily going to go in and catch cancer at at a restaurant i understand the differences here and look this has been four months so the pace is high yeah, uh, and it spreads. Yes. It's a, it's an infectious disease. This is different than all these comparisons. But you're right. It is not. It is not something that is is put in pers- into perspective uh, by the media. He's talked about it. They were complaining. He was talking about it too much in the press conferences. Right. Remember that? That was a big story. So they're not even covering the press, co- which he stopped doing. And then he, they were pissed about that. Then they were pissed about that. Right. Th- that's the that's the issue here. Is that this is just a tool for them. It's not just a tool for them, but it's the way they're utilizing it. Yeah, they are. It is a, I, you know, it's a real issue, but they do not. They don't seem to care about the issue as much as they care about getting this guy, this guy who's in their yeah. head all the time. They got to get him out of their head. If they could just get him out of office, he'll be out of their head forever. I swear that's the way they look at these stories every day. No doubt about it. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Home is where the heart is, especially now when we've been quarantined. Blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world, wants to help you turn your home into even more of a sanctuary this summer. A retreat to escape to by offering you a chance to win a contact-free total bedroom makeover worth over two grand, plus a virtual session with an experienced interior designer whose work has been featured in Country Living Magazine, Pop Sugar, and has inspired millions online. With Blinds Making your home more beautiful is easy and affordable. Enter your chance to win and you could transform your bedroom into the perfect staycation. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows. Go to Blinds.com right now and enter for your chance to win a total bedroom makeover worth over two grand. And check out their special savings on top quality interior blind shades, shutters, and outdoor shades. No purchase is necessary. Rule and restrictions may apply. See Blinds.com for details. And super glad triple eight seven two seven b e c k uh this S- south america thing is uh pretty interesting because you've got these countries that are you know fairly close to each other and handling things um completely differently but like uh jair bolsonaro the president of of brazil has and th- this is why they love to compare him to trump because they think he's i mean this guy is so far beyond anything donald trump does to make people angry Oh, yeah. He was asked by a reporter uh, a couple of weeks ago about the death toll. And the, because the reporter said the death toll was, I, I don't remember what, I think it was 5,000 at the time. Do you know if 5,000 people have died from coronavirus? Bolsonaro's response was, so what? <laughs> it's not. So what? They don't teach you that in the politician's handbook. <laughs> no, they really no. don't. And then he went on to say, I'm, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do about it? 
Well, uh, okay. you're the president. I, that may not be the best response to that question. Uh, if I you want to continue your presidency. If you work for a crisis PR firm, they may <laughs> say probably don't do that one. Actually, yeah. that was one of the stories yesterday is they think uh, Bolsonaro might be the first uh, leader to go down because of this. Uh, he yeah, is, they're talking about removing him from yeah, office. Yeah, I mean, look, he's been... There's been a lot of this that's gone on, particularly in South America, um, where the leader has been very bold and just said, you know what, I'm going out and I'm, I'm going to have rallies and I'm not going to wear a mask and I'm going to shake everybody's hands and kiss everybody like I normally do and nothing's going to change and you should do that too. <laughs> and we say like Ecuador, for example, <clears throat> has had a flare up that's worse than almost any city in, uh, in the, their, the one city that they had the, the, their really bad outbreak was worse than almost every city on earth. Uh, you know, you have wow. Brazil was really, is really, really bad. Mexico's had its problems. And again, yeah. we know as you go down the economic scale, the less reporting you're getting on these numbers. You're, not get, you're getting less and less accurate numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's happening right now. I still worry, and this is something that I have not heard too many people talk about, but as this situation with not just COVID-19 as a, as a virus, but also the economic uh, ramifications attached to it, as that settles in and people are ready and willing to go back out of their houses over the next six months, I really worry about the border. We have all of these countries that were mm. already coming across the border when things were normal. Yeah. If their society is ravaged from economic deficits because of this and not to mention potential massive outbreaks of virus they're going to want to get their kids, their families across the border into this country where we're just doling out trillions of dollars to help everybody. Wouldn't it be interesting to see the Democrats' reaction to that, too, when that, if, when that happens, and it will happen, whether they care uh, uh, then about people coming across the border and we don't know who they are, yeah. we don't know where they're going, we don't know where they've been, and we don't know what kind of diseases they're carrying with them. Exactly. Will it matter to you then? Or... I mean, you can't quarantine millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people coming across the border. We saw how that went when we had the a bunch of people crossing a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That was the whole kids in cages situation, which was not happening. But still, that was that was the that was that big controversy. Imagine that throwing a, an infectious disease like picture you're from a, a city that's having a, an outbreak uh, like the city in Ecuador I was just talking about. What are you going to do? You're going to try to get the hell away from there, mm-hmm. right? And then even if we are able to push this down and and get rid of the virus so it's not a huge part of our everyday life, if people are coming across the border from infected places, it's not going to matter. We're, it, it's going to start all over again. Yes. And I, I, keep, I keep coming back to this, and I don't know that we've seen massive parts of it yet, uh, largely, I think, because people you know don't want to go anywhere right now um but at some point i think that is a real worry hopefully it doesn't turn out to be one but the border is something that we have not heard a lot of focus on and i i think if it does become an issue trump will be focused on it that's one thing you can count on yeah so i i just that is a that's a worry that i think we haven't even started to contemplate yet more in 60 seconds So what's the number one sign of a bad home security system, a home security system that is so complicated that you never use it? That is exactly the type of security system that Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simpler is safer, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now. When feeling safe at home has never been more important, 
Simply Safe is there. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. You can order online with a click of a button. Nobody's coming to your house. You open the box, place the sensors up, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. No technician, no salespeople. They don't disrupt your life, and you don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a 2-year contract. This is why Simply Safe was named best overall home security of 2020 by US News and World Report. Head to simplysafebeck.com and get a free HD camera just because you listen to my show at simplysafebeck.com. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's on vacation this week. Uh, a good indication of how the media is handling this milestone, the 100,000 death milestone from coronavirus. Ryan Lizza of Politico during the White House uh, press conference yesterday uh, with Kaylee McEnany, uh, unbelievable question. Watch the, the, watch what he asks uh, the White House spokesperson. Americans, when voters go to the polls in November and they want to judge the president on his response to this pandemic, what is the number of dead Americans that they should tolerate as ha- and where they can argue that yes? He successfully defeated the pandemic. I think, um, I mean, you know, you're asking the wrong question. The right question is, where did, where did the data... Where did, when I, and I answered your question once, but if you ask it twice, it doesn't make it any better of a question. So I'll respond <laughs> in kind. So I've given you one answer. I'll continue to extrapolate upon that, that he always uh-huh. listened to the science. The president, when Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burke said, you need to shut down the economy. That was hard for the president. You know, in a typical year, 120,000 people die of suicide and drug overdose. It's in a typical year. And doctors have said, uh, when you shut down an economy for an extended period of time, that number gets greater. People don't show up for their cancer mm. diagnoses. Uh, there are a litany of, of results when you close down an economy. But closing down the economy for this amount of time kept us far below the 2.2 million number. And as we start to reopen, we keep in mind the people who are missing their screening appointments, the people um, who are not who are succumbing to suicide and drug overdose because of economic hardship. This president mm-hmm. made the right choice. Uh, it was a delicate balance, and he did it exactly as he should, guided by data, and we are far below 2.2 million dead Americans because of the actions of President Trump. You mean? And that was a charitable response, I think, to Ryan Lizard. One of, one of the most blatant, mindless, partisan hack questions you can... Hmm. What kind of... What number is going to be acceptable or what he said the first time when he phrased the question, because he asked it twice, just slightly differently. What will be a successful number for this president to be reelected? Well, I mean, what an asinine question that is. There is no acceptable number. No, of course not. And it's, it's not Donald Trump that's going out and killing these people. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's interesting, too, to see how this has developed over time. Oh, because at the beginning, God. these Donald Trump came out on stage and he said, our, our models indicate there will be between 100,000 and 240,000 deaths if, if we act. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to hold it under that. We're going to do our best to get it less than that. But that's what, that's what the models show. And honestly, like I at the time was like 100,000. That seems impossible. I, I, I did not believe it would get that high. Fr- yeah, frankly, right. I, I didn't either. I didn't. I, and, I didn't either. And, and neither did almost anybody else. I mean, a lot of people now are claiming that they understood this thing. It's like you go back and look at the polls. In March 11th, they did a poll about how many people would die in the United States. Uh, what do you think it is? They asked American people. 87% of people said it would be less than 10,000. 
87 mm-hmm. percent we just we none of us had a, an idea that it would be like this and it's all it's that's okay honestly we're not the experts it's understandable that they, we wouldn't understand how bad this would get but you know look they came out there and they said a hundred thousand i remember thinking like that's just ridiculous it's not going to get to that level well here we are we're at that level at the time back then the left was saying to us why doesn't he believe why don't why don't you guys believe in science the science is no. saying this is what the models are going to do. You're going to have 100,000 people dead. And it's like, well, let's look at the models. Because we tend on the, on, on the conservative side to say, come on, like these experts, they're driving me nuts. They're, they're being alarmist. Step back for a second and think about this from the, the scientific left-wing perspective for a second. Because I think, and you heard Kaylee do it there, I think embracing that analysis is a smart thing uh, politically for the president most certainly and it's an interesting exercise for us to go th- through as well if you look at this situation as the scientists laid it out about 2.2 million people were going to die in the united states if we didn't do anything donald trump stepped up and took unthinkable actions right he basically closed the economy mm-hmm. for six weeks minimum during the election year This guy, everybody says, all he cares about is his own power. All he cares about is the economy. He came in and shut down the United States for six weeks during (laughs) an election. He took it that seriously. And so where do we end up? It looks like we're going to be right in the original range that he stood on stage and told us about. So, yes, we'd all like it to be zero deaths. However, you can make a real argument here. And that would be a successful uh, number. Yes, that would be the best number. For Ryan Lizza. Yes, it would would be the best number. Yes. Uh, Which is fascinating. By the way, I guess Lizza came through his whole Me Too situation okay. He's back out uh, as a correspondent, which is, I didn't, I hadn't followed that story, but I guess he, I know he was let go of the New Yorker uh, for sexual misconduct, but I guess he's been able to to, uh, catch back on with, I guess, Politico, I think he's with now. Yes, he is. Um, So, yeah, that's, I mean, again, I don't don't know all the details of that situation, but not a lot of people on the right have bounced back i I wonder what would be an acceptable number of uh, sexual harassment (laughs) cases for ryan lizza what would you ryan what would you consider (laughs) successful uh, in in sexually harassing women (laughs) this is the glenn beck program just because you can boil water doesn't mean you should run a restaurant And the same logic goes for identity theft protection. You may be good at monitoring your credit, but that doesn't make you an authority on it. Plus, with data breaches that seem to happen more and more, your personal information could end up anywhere. And with your breached information, criminals can commit identity theft, which is even more reason to use a pro. Because on your own, you can miss certain identity threats, like someone taking out a payday loan in your name or selling your information on the dark web. That's where LifeLock comes in. They see a wide range of identity threats. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But if you end up with an identity theft issue, a dedicated team of specialists will work with you to fix it. So keep boiling water like a champ, but leave the identity theft protection to LifeLock. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. That's lifelock.com. Promo code BECK for 25% off. Your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Patton Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. He's on vacation this week. Triple eight. 727-B-E-C-K. In addition to the CDC changing its position again 
on surface infection. Experts are now saying, experts are now saying the six feet of distance thing, the social distancing must stay six feet away from everybody. Yeah, that, that might not be enough either to prevent transmission. Uh, okay, so there's really nothing we know for sure, right? There's really nothing that you're absolutely positive on that we can take to the bank and say, okay, if I do this, I'm not going to get it. Uh, it's really amazing. These confusing mixed signals. You might remember uh, also concerning the use of masks and whether or not that was a smart thing. In February, Surgeon General Jerome Adams tweeted, masks are, quote, not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. Uh, That was in February. In March, Dr. Anthony Fauci said on 60 Minutes that the general public, quote, should not be walking around with masks. Hmm. All right. In April, when the virus outbreak was worsening in the United States, President Trump recommended the use of uh, cloth face coverings outside the home, but he made that clear that he wouldn't follow that recommendation, and there's no evidence that a cloth mask is effective. I don't know if there's evidence that any mask is effective. Maybe a gas mask. Maybe you can walk around with a World War I-style gas mask, and, and maybe that would protect you a little bit, but I wouldn't even take that one to the bank. Uh, it's, it's very confusing right now. What we're going through and who to listen to, I, I, I have no idea. Only about half of Americans, by the way, say they would get a COVID-19 vaccine if scientists who are working furiously to create one even succeed. Surprisingly low, considering the effort going into the global race for a vaccine against the virus. Um, but more people might eventually roll up their sleeves and, and get into this thing and just and create a vaccine. I mean, we're already doing a Manhattan-style project to develop a vaccine with... I forget how many companies exactly are working on this. I think the number is somewhere close to 80. 80 different companies uh, that are trying to come up with one. But this poll that was released this week found 31% of people, 31% of Americans just aren't sure if they'd even get vaccinated. And another one in five just said absolutely they won't be vaccinated. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. 888-727-BECK. If there is a vaccine that's developed, I asked this question on uh, Pat Gray Unleashed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, If there is a vaccine developed... Would you would you be willing to get that vaccine? You know, there's a lot of people who who don't like vaccines, who are skeptical of vaccines. There was the whole movement about whether or not they cause, uh, you know, autism or other maladies in us, or who knows what they're doing with the vaccine. People just don't trust the government. <laughs> Certainly, don't trust them implicitly, and many of us don't trust them. At all, because they've proven themselves untrustworthy to us. How many, I mean, countless times, countless times. And then the science of it. We're always told the science, believe the science. We're following the science. Well, the scientists don't even know. How many times have we seen that over the last several months and gotten conflicting information? We just went over some of it. So if and when a vaccine is there and it is uh, presented to you and it's available, Will you take it? Now, an interesting 
side note to that is if if they force you to take it will you take it if the man if the if the u.s government mandates that in order to be a citizen in good standing or maybe they just say in order to co-mingle with people at work you gotta you gotta get a vaccine will you then get the vaccine triple eight seven two seven uh b-e-c-k it's an interesting question do i think they're going to mandate it i don't think they you are. don't think so i think they will that's interesting. I, think they will. I don't think they will. I think enough people will want to take it that we'll be fi- we'll be in that herd immunity world anyway. Will they mandate it for kids to go to school because they mandate vaccines already? If yeah. you don't have, if you're not caught up on your vaccine, sorry, they, we the kids can't come to school. So with the addendum at the end of that being to go to school, like with yeah. a condition, I don't think they would mandate it in that you have to have it. But I think they will say to go to public school. Right, we are requiring to. it. What That's, about to go to work? If you want to go into work around your fellow employees, you got to get a vaccine. I think a bunch of companies will will say if you now want companies. To come in, that's a different deal. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the you don't think government will do that. I don't. I, I think if you know, look if you look at the flu vaccine, right? We we hit about fifty percent of people hit the flu have the flu, but it's still you know killing a bunch of people every year. Yeah, but there is a you know when there's an option for you to be vaccinated and it's not perfectly effective at all but it is one of those things where people you know about half the country takes it um they don't mandate that it's it's possible is it that high 50 percent get the flu vaccine it's about half yeah it's about mm. half the country and now if you could get look it depends on how good this vaccine is if it comes out and, and we believe right that it is effective let's just say there's a situation where the science looks really great there's no one really disagreeing it you know both sides donald trump and you know and nancy pelosi are both saying this is it's actually came out great. We're really thrilled with it and it's mm-hmm. helping people all over the world. There's mm-hmm. not that because a lot of this I think comes down to sort of tribal sort of partisan divides, right? Where the person telling you is someone you hate. <laughs> so like yeah. Donald Trump is saying, take this vaccine and everyone on the left is like, I would never take a vaccine from you, you know, but if we were in that position where we really believed it was effective, I think people would take it. If it's uh, bipartisan. Yeah. yeah. If you, it's, you'd, you'd be more likely to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I, I wouldn't, I know I would, we're doing this all the time already. You do. We are all in this world doing an analysis on the fly, trying to understand a lot of information about something that mm-hmm. we weren't thinking about six months ago at all. Right. And trying to decipher what we can and can't do right now. I think most people in the audience would say, I'm not going to a crowded bar for multiple hours with bad ventilation with no mask right like most people i think would say that like Uh, yeah you know i i don't i don't want to risk that right Mm -hmm. on the other side i think most people would say i'm gonna go to the park and and play with my kid and and have absolutely no problem right and we're all making those determinations as we go some people like i i had a conversation with a friend of mine who who um, works remotely uh for a company and he would typically work at like a starbucks and so this has happened and Mm. he's been forced to work at home every day um, and luckily, he's in an industry that that was relatively pr- protected um, from the economic consequences. So he's able to hold on to his job. And now restaurants are starting to open. So I think the Starbucks has started to open. They have outdoor tables now where you can go and sit and, and work. And so he was just kind of like surveying his friends and saying, yeah, what do you think? Is it can I go back? Like, is it a good idea? So he asked me and I said, mm-hmm. I'm honestly overwhelmingly confident with anything outdoors. Like I, yeah. there it's, that's not perfect science, but I'm pretty confident. Would that include a football game? You know, it, 
I am out of the mainstream in saying that I am much closer to believing that's okay than than most people. I think they, they, they're going to stop with large gatherings because they're worried about massive spreads. Mm-hmm. But especially if you were to limit seating, like, you know, they were talking about, the Ohio, uh, is it Ohio State? It was one of the, the there's one, uh, one of the college football teams that has massive um, stadium. Mm-hmm. It may have been Ohio State, but it was somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And, and they have, you know, 90, 100,000 people. And they, th- <laughs> they say, we can get 20,000 people in here without even getting anybody close to each other. So why wouldn't we do that? Now, that's not going to be a full stadium, but 20,000 people is not zero dollars, right? So they're trying to to, they're trying to say that that's okay. Like, I mean, I went I went to a Dallas Mavericks game three or four days before they they canceled the NBA season. Oh, Um, I was there. Oh, wow. I think that especially the the Hmm. bigger the venue, the more the well well ventilated. Yeah. Um, And outdoors, especially outdoors is I think it's tough for this to be passed. But again, it. It's up to what your risk tolerance is and what you've decided the information. Another one of the friends he asked works in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh, I wouldn't do it yet. His perception of what is going on is completely different than mine. Living in Texas, we have not yeah. felt a lot of the repercussions. There's not been a lot of deaths here. We've done very, very well through this thing. Um, I think the evidence overwhelmingly shows outdoors is pretty safe. Uh, and close contact for long periods of time in in close quarters, particularly inside in, in areas that aren't well vent- ventilated or have ventilation systems that are recirculating the air without filtering it. Mm-hmm. Those are those are danger areas. Yeah. Uh, but that that I think that is the where what people will do with the vaccine. They will look at all the information. There will be bad information on the internet. There will be good information on the internet. Everyone will try to 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 work through that and try to understand what the best thing to do is for them and their family that's probably the right approach right yeah like i think that's the american approach you know the american approach is not like uh you know a president you know g saying we're going to weld you into your apartments to get rid of this virus Mm -hmm. right like that's (laughs) not the american approach the american approach is and i think this has been really effective around the world give the american people give the people of any population good reliable information that you're not changing every three days and then let them decide and let them decide and follow it most likely they will yeah most likely they will and that is i think you it's tough to figure these things out but that's all you can do there is a a much better way to handle a pandemic which is an authoritarian government that can basically kill anyone they think is 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 sick right mm-hmm. i mean I, we don't know how many times president g has done that if there was an outbreak in the uh Uyghur camps i bet you that some of that stuff happened i bet you anything some of that stuff happened but yeah. we don't know exactly what he did but he had power to do anything so yeah if you could take everybody who you think might be sick and lock them away in an island or a camp you can control a pandemic a little bit better than a free society that is not worth the trade-off to me though it's not worth the trade-off i mean I, this is one situation where, of course, having control over a population makes it easier to control a pandemic. But that is, it's not America. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. The last few months have taught us what's important in life. It's also taught us what we need to eliminate or change. It's the same for business. What are the changes you need to make? Do you have a hairball of multiple software systems when you could streamline with one? 
All you need is NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need, all in one place, so you save time, money, and headaches. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite gives you visibility and control so you can manage every penny with precision. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. Receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash America. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash America. netsuite.com slash America. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. All right. Take the vaccine or or not. If and when it's developed. I mean, we don't even have one yet to consider. And, and in fact, uh, one of these, the Oxford study, the, the Oxford vaccine that they've been talking about that showed real promise. They've only had 50% success with that. So, but that would be a big step in the it right would direction be a big step. if it was true. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the flu vaccine a lot of times is only thirty and forty percent effective, uh, but it you know if they could get fifty percent, that would be a massive step. That does not mean that's uh, anything we can lock down right now. Right. Uh, okay. Let's go to uh, is it Al in West Virginia? Al, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Patents too. Hi. Yes. Hello. Hey. Uh, you wondering if I'm going to take that vaccine? No way. No way. No. And it's not because I'm from West Virginia where the stereotype is that we're all rednecks. I'm originally from the Philadelphia area. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, and I graduated from Wharton also. But I'm retired now, 73 years old, and I don't even take the flu shot. And mm-hmm. I tell you why, because I same thing I tell my doctor. It gives you a false sense of security. People get that flu shot, and that doesn't prevent them. It's only one of the strains. Mm-hmm. I. One time I was the pharmacist said, you got to get your flu shot. And I said, next week I came by and the pharmacist was out sick. I said, what happened to her? She said, she got the flu. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think what Al was kind of alluding to there is, is, is true and important. If that we like implement some of these things back into normal life, Mm-hmm. One of the ones that's been talked about is the removal of the handshake from our world, which I don't miss it. Frankly. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. But if that were to happen, we would also cut flu deaths down. Like we, like yeah. it would be nice to get rid of yes. a lot of this crap. Yeah, well, maybe we're so we're so used to being in this like period where we don't want to you know get into each other's faces and openly sneeze as often. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should continue that. <laughs> just 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 a recommendation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Mike in Kentucky, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you asked whether I would drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, take the vaccine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say something along the lines of what Al said. I'm an attorney, and I've, I don't I don't lack education, but I will tell you that I I don't take the flu shot. The one time I took it, I got sick. But I, I, I look at this, and I say, believing that a, a vaccine is going to protect you, mm-hmm. and there's going to be multiple strains out there, to me, that's like saying I believe it's true because CNN said it. It's the science supports the idea that a, a vaccine is going to keep you safe yeah I mean, look it depends on on what the effectiveness is and stuff you know, I, there's a lot of people i think that are just not going to take it no matter what the facts are on it right i mean like i think mm-hmm. we've heard from a couple of here you just don't trust it yeah you just don't trust it and and that's i think that should be your right you know if you want to if you want to say it, i'm not it taking, absolutely should be your now right. look i'm the type of guy 
who wants to take your vaccines that you're not taking and i'll take multiple doses uh-huh. i want so many vaccines <laughs> i want needles all over my body because i'm taking 900 vaccines at the same time i'm i'm not in that world at all yeah but it, that doesn't matter right this is the united states of america if you don't want to vaccinate yourself against this you may very well uh deal with with the illness you may well what happened to my risk? body my choice exactly that's what we've been told over and over again yeah i, I thought that was the left-wing philosophy on life I thought so too and i will say the anti-vaccine thing and and i don't mean to, to, to characterize that too widely but like the people who are generally speaking don't like vaccines is not a really a left or right issue I mean, the, the most famous face of it is Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, and, right? and Jim Carrey. And JFK Jr. Right. Right. The, or, I'm right. Sorry, RFK Jr. RFK Jr. Yes. Um, the, this has been Jeez. a very widely spread thing on the left as well. And, you know, look, if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't have to do it. I, you can't. I, I, to I me, you can't force people to do these things. But, you know, me? I mean, I, I'm going right to Bill Gates' house right now, just pulling out any needle he has and <laughs> sticking it in my arm. Okay, uh, thank you, Hillary. Appreciate it. Um, our sponsor here is Built Bar. Built Bar is something my wife, uh, you know, let's be honest about it. My wife told Glenn about it. Okay, my wife told Glenn's wife about it, actually. And they were in the house, and of course, Glenn wouldn't eat them because Glenn thought they might be healthy, and they are healthy. Uh, they're low in calories. They have lots of protein. Uh, I think 20 grams of protein, like 170 calories. They taste like candy bars. There's a zillion flavors of them. They just released a bunch of new ones. My wife has been talking about these things forever. They line the entire a bottom shelf of my refrigerator it's something sweet tastes like a great candy bar and they're actually good for you Uh, who knew it was possible i will say i've seen people react to my wife talking about these things i've never seen anybody react more positively to a product than built bar if you if this sounds interesting to you at all you should totally get some go to builtbar.com use the promo code beck you're going to save 10 bucks off your first order for this week only in honor of memorial day they are offering additional five dollars off every box of bars that's on top of the ten dollar discount Give one of their latest flavors a try. Pineapple upside down cake, peanut butter, banana, coconut cream pie. They're delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. The code is Beck. It's BuiltBar.com. Code Beck. Radio show here starts in a second. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. He's on vacation back on Monday. We were talking a little bit about uh, President Trump's uh, apparent executive order that's coming here. It was leaked on the internet last night about the internet, which would restrict companies from being able to give editorial opinions, essentially on tweets and other user generated content. It's a really intricate part of the law. Uh, hmm. And he's doing that based on what law is the it's is it the That's, law that that we always claim is and I, I'm not sure it's true because you you've brought some doubt into this now yeah. but it's the supposedly there's a law that private these private companies uh can be protected from lawsuits of what happens on their forum like Twitter if somebody says really something bad on Twitter uh or or threatens to kill someone on Twitter and then goes ahead with it and some crime is committed and it was on their site 
they're or, protected from lawsuit or just post uh, you know a copy copywritten material right, right? Uh, right. you know something like that on on there so you're you're posting uh, you post on facebook and you post the entire star last star wars movie right and you yeah. just post it on facebook you, the, the, you know the, the uh, lucasfilm can't come sue you uh, if you're Facebook, because, because somebody did that did on that. your platform, that's the what it was now, designed that, to do. That protection only exists supposedly if uh, the, if you're non-bias. Yeah, and and there's some wording in there that's to that effect. Uh, th- there's definitely another side to that one. Uh, you know, I, I, Ted Cruz makes a good case on the idea that you know this whole separation between platform and publisher has been the thing. You know, a lot of legal scholars and some of them on the right say eh, that doesn't really say that the law doesn't actually. Hmm. Uh, mean there's a part of the law that specifically says they can remove anything they find otherwise uh, offensive right so it's like stuff Hmm. like certainly like porn and all those things they can remove Uh, but there's a clause in there that says basically uh, and otherwise offensive which would cover anything that that those people found offensive (laughs) right i mean it's like that's the way it reads at least okay so there's some disagreement as to whether this is going to work or not but this is what trump is trying to do his distinction and 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 i understand why he's upset that you know he's tweeting things out that he believes are true and are important to highlight and twitter's coming in and saying "Uh, this isn't true here's here's a link to something that is true and twitter is is the arbiter of truth there um, saying, you know, redirecting people away from what the president is saying is true. Yeah. And whether who's right or who's wrong in any given situation isn't important. The question is whether Twitter can do that and still get the protections from all these lawsuits. But the Internet mm-hmm. is bringing us all sorts of bizarre new things that we had not considered uh, before. I, I Let me give you this story, Pat, and I, I'm I'm somewhat fascinated by the reaction. John Krasinski, who is the guy, he's Jim from The Office. Uh, as he's he will always be known despite the fact that he's had a major career outside of that he's jack ryan on mm-hmm. uh, uh is that amazon mm. doing that series yeah, uh, yeah their uh, amazon prime series with jack ryan he also uh a quiet place uh that movie and a sequel coming out uh, mm-hmm. relative i think it's ready to go but they didn't release it because of the covid uh stuff um but that was the first one i thought was great i mean he, he's a very talented guy outside of the office but and he was in 18 hours he was 18 really hours, good in that really good in that that was an really underrated role um and so but he's all you know that's always going to be his thing and i don't think he minds it you know it's mm-hmm. that whole cast i just i love them on the office but I, I love them outside of it too they all seem to really like each other and they all seem to be really good people and doing good things and i don't know it's just like a, it's one of the things about the world i like right now yeah it's just the office the people from the office just being cool to each other <laughs> i just i don't know why i like it so but this is a situation where jim from the office john krasinski does a, a web series that he launches in the middle of cr- the coronavirus shutdown. And it's called Some Good News. His daughters write the sign that sticks up behind him. He does it from his, you know, like his like bedroom, you know, in, in shorts and a, a, you know, a suit top, mm-hmm. you know, like, and he just goes through his, his point was, I watched the first episode of it. The, his point was basically like, we're in the, the worst time here and every, every piece of news seems to suck. Here's some good stories. And he would just give good stories about, you know, whether it was a, uh, a um, you know, a doctor who was getting cheered as they walked out from work or, you know, it was that type of stuff. It like just feel good stuff. Good stories. Yeah. And it kind of developed over, I think it was eight episodes. And he was doing them weekly where they became like bigger and bigger, almost like stunts associated with him. Like he was able to get the entire cast of The Office to do, uh, pay, play a part in a wedding 
um, that was supposed to happen, but then didn't because of COVID. So they they went through and did the wedding on like Zoom and then brought in the entire cast of The Office all at once to do this, the dance they did in one of the episodes of The Office. Uh, there was a, you know, they did, he had, uh, you know, he would bring in like Robert De Niro to do weather just randomly. It, you know, it was, it wound up being, he was just exploiting his celebrity connections to mm-hmm. give people a few smiles during the middle of this nonsense, right? And, I, and it was a nice, a nice break. Well, it got huge fast. Mm-hmm. The first episode was huge and it kept building and building and building and building. And this turned into a real thing, like millions and millions and millions of people watching this in only a, after only a few episodes. So now we're getting to the end of this. He kind of says it's a limited series. He ends it after eight episodes. Behind the scenes goes into negotiations with apparently a bunch of companies that want to buy this thing. It's this hugely successful thing with him at the front of it. And he winds up agreeing with CBS to, uh, they, they buy this thing for God only knows how much money. I mean, I, as a capitalist, I absolutely adore this story. This guy is in his, his bedroom. He does a couple of fun shows and a couple of fun interviews and turns it into millions of dollars. I love it. Now, of course, I'm an evil capitalist, so of course I love these things. Apparently, the web, the people who were, uh, who were following this did not like it. No, he's a sellout now. He's a sellout, right? You know, you get- he's a sellout. When did he ever say that he was uh, he was in this for for charitable purposes? Right. Did no. he ever say that? No, never did. And, and and who knows? He probably did give a lot of money to, to charity, uh, but that that was not his stated. It was not like we're you know this will always be a charitable show. Uh, it, will, it will always last forever. Uh-huh. It's the, it, it, he never gave any promises like that. He just did something basically for fun with his daughters online during, when they quarantine. Were during quarantine, right? Yeah. And turns it into something great. It actually should be a great American success story, right? That's how we should view this. Of course, we can't view it that way. We can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. We can't have happy moments. We can't be happy for other people's success. That's not the way America works. Now, part of the reason here is he sold it to CBS and now he's not going to be the host of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love even more, frankly, just because it's like... Yeah, I don't know what the value is then without him. Right. Without then, him, you know, he's he's a big part of it. And so I guess he's going to continue so. to be a part of it and, and appear and stuff, but it's not going to even be his show anymore, which I can understand. Like, you like this show that this guy was on and now he's leaving. We uh-huh. all understand how that can be annoying at times. People are writing, uh, you know... Krasinski writes, a, you know, a nice tweet about how, thank you for everything, this has been great. And, you know, everyone's responding. Here's a sampling. So he made eight YouTube videos comprised largely of unpaid contributions from fans sold to sold the brand to a major conglomerate and isn't even going to make it anymore. Just cashed out. (laughs) Does anyone else? Does this rub anyone else the wrong way? It doesn't rub me the wrong way. No. And and I think that that is a uh, there's a keeping up with the Joneses aspect of this. That's what we used to call it, at least. Now, I guess it's income inequality. Uh, It's the same concept Mm -hmm. is basically being jealous of people with more than you. That's what that's what income inequality is. It's just a it's it's attaching some uh, level of academia to the level of gel. It's just jealousy plus academia equals income inequality. We all can sit here and say, I wish, you know, I do. I wish I had as much money as Mark Cuban or John Krasinski. Sure, I do. I don't, though. You know why? Because they've accomplished more in their life than me, (laughs) frankly. And that's not always the case with rich people, but a lot of times it is. So this guy was able to cut this great deal. It's super advertiser friendly. And he's just being lit up for it by the people who said they loved it. And I, I feel like that is a, it's a bigger commentary on just how we, how we are 
uh, in our society as we relate to people who are successful. We love them on the way up. And as soon as they get up there, we're just like, ah, screw those people. They're annoying now. Well, what does this guy do? We always complain about negative news. He brings good news to a place where lots of people watch it, where it's commercially viable. Uh, he's already got other full-time jobs, right? He's already he's already Jack Ryan. How many jobs is the guy supposed to have? So he's going to... And that's con- kind of what he said. Yeah. Of why he sold it. He said, look, I was only planning to do eight episodes during quarantine. It's not my full-time thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, why not cash out and get something out of it? not going to do it forever. Why not? Yeah. And he's still going to be involved in it. I can't find out how much uh, CBS... I'd love to know how much uh, he got I for don't this. think the numbers come out, but I... No, it's I haven't seen it. Certainly but. in the seven figures, if it's not in the eight. But he had 72 million views. In a very short 72 time. 72 million. That's and I think there's just something about the, you know, geez. there's something about the office where, where these guys, everybody on there, there's just an affinity. They're super likable. They're super likable. And anything they do, you kind of just like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, that there's something, there's something magical about that, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty important. Let's take a quick break because there's another story as well where fans of people online are now revolting against them. This one's a little bit more complicated. I want to see how, where you stand on it. Back in a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Glenn went out to his ranch and he thinks he's going to have a good time, but he forgot about the Rectech grill at home that brought him so much pleasure. <laughs> what do you think I am, a rookie? You don't get a body shaped like this without thinking ahead. No, sir. That's why I have another Rectech grill here at the ranch. Is that cheating? Yes. And I will feel badly about it every time I bite into that delicious tender rib that is probably on the grill right now smart technology controlled grilling surface it is just the best Rectech grills top of the line even if you've been hiding under a rock all this time and don't know anything about them check them out on their social media they have thousands of rave reviews check this out if you're looking for a grill and a smoker it's the best Rectech grills go there now and enter for your chance to win the same grill that i have for father's day it's r-e-c-t-e-c grills with an s.com that's Rectech grills dot com slash back so there's a story out about a pretty famous youtube couple uh their names are it might mika stroffer and her husband stoffer excuse me and their husband james now i don't know I don't know famous YouTube couples. So, uh, you know, they, they are, they I'm have lots of views and apparently very well known in this world, but it's sort of a, again, a new dynamic that the internet brings. So they have four kids and they, they are on talking about family. They're talking about these things all the time. They're very well known on YouTube. They decide to adopt a fifth child. Uh, the child is from China through about three years ago. And the child is, has special needs, they bring them into the family. They do all of this coverage of it. They walk you through basically every moment of their life as they're doing this adoption. They bring, bring you through the adoption process. They bring you through bringing the kid home. They have all these wonderful moments with the kid. It's adorable, lovely fan, uh, family content. The type of stuff you'd expect from YouTube, right? Like the, it's this mm-hmm. nice, wonderful you know, family environment. And everyone's, you know, they talk about their struggles. But of course, they're talking about what a great thing it is. They make... Tons of money off of this because that's what you do on YouTube if you get people to watch your stuff, right? You make lots of money. 
Um, and, you know, they're able to bring in sponsorships and, and all of these other things as they go through this process that we kind of know as the YouTube world now. Then the story gets a little complicated. About two years after they, a little over two years after they've adopted uh, this kid, the kid stops showing up in videos. <laughs> and people are like, hey, like, I remember when you were telling us about every little detail of this kid's life, you know, like, where did... Where did, where did they go? So this goes on for a while. People are asking questions. Uh, you know, it's like when Kim Jong-un doesn't come outside for a couple of weeks. Everyone, you know, <laughs> starts freaking out. So they go down this road and eventually the couple comes out and they say, like, this is one of the hardest things we've ever had to talk about. But we basically had to rehome the child. So they ha- they brought in a kid with special needs. What they discovered over time was that the kid had apparently several additional issues they were unaware of when they adopted the the child. So it became to a point where they have four other kids. They believed it was overwhelming Mm. them and they couldn't handle it. And they basically were, you know, wound up transferring the child over to another family. Now that's Mm. in and of itself. You could say, well, you know, you should be prepared for these things or you should be able to take on these extra things. But that's a, that's a lot of unfair criticism about a situation you don't know much about. What complicates the situation, I think, even more is the fact that they made a bunch of money essentially bringing this adorable child into the world and having you follow along their story. What do they do with the money now? Now, I think what they're probably going to do with the money is keep the money, right? They actually went through these times. Those are real videos, real moments of their life. But a lot of people who follow them are being highly critical, saying, you took a bunch of money to bring us into this. You basically rented a kid to make a bunch of cash, (laughs) which is not a fair way of looking at it. But these lines are weird. I don't know how Mm -hmm. you deal with it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they give some sort of donation to the new family. Who knows? But first of all, I don't. A lot of people are so everyone's so critical, right? Everyone's Mm -hmm. got their little argument about you know what this family should be doing or that person online should be doing a lot of this you don't understand the whole story they're doing a show youtube is a show they're they're not giving you every little detail of what's going on in their lives Mm -hmm. you don't understand it so i can understand you know like i understand why people get critical but it is mostly ridiculous right i mean to put your you you can't put yourself in their position because you don't even know what their position is there is a strange line there though because there's somebody's going to turn this into a business. They're just going to start like renting children for two, like a friend of mine came up with a business a while ago called rent a puppy. And his concept was you rent a puppy and you have them through their first like cute, their first cute year. Okay. And then you can, yeah. and then you can walk around the park and all the pretty girls will come up to you and pet the dog and you can talk to them. And then when you, when the dog mm-hmm. starts turning into a dog and it's no longer adorable, you just trade it back in for another puppy. <laughs> It was a brilliant idea. I don't think he ever actually attempted it. But I don't think you want to encourage that sort of behavior with children. With children. Probably not. No, probably, <laughs> probably not. Probably not, right? So, what do you, I mean, is there anything to that? Is that a, is that a line that is... Uh, are, you, are you comfortable with that? I mean, I don't know. Because, you you know, you've... Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I know Glenn's a, a adopted children. A lot of people have, mm-hmm. have gone through that in this audience. I would say a higher percentage he than He didn't normal. give his back, though. He still he has his. If you so, is it something legitimate to consider? If you believe you're getting a child that has X, Y, and Z issue, mm-hmm. and they develop apparently a bunch of other issues you were not aware Things of, you and you realize handle. you can't handle it, yeah, is that what you do in that situation? Do you- I, well, I know a couple who've done that. Really? Yeah, they 
they couldn't handle. I mean, they thought that they could and they wanted to mm-hmm. and they really wanted this child. But when they got to it, uh, it became, <clears throat> they thought, dangerous for them. And so they went back to the adoption people and said, we can't, we're not equipped to handle this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we can't deal with this. And we're scared. So, yeah, he went back and... and th- I, I don't know what became of him afterward, but they must have placed him in a different foster family. So it does happen sometimes, even and not on YouTube. YouTube was not involved in that particular thing, so they didn't make any money from it. I so thought it adoptions real, only happened when YouTube when there was, was money. Uh, yeah. Apparently not. No. no. Yeah, it happens a few times w- without the cash involved. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. As we become more unstable, gold will continue to go up. It's at the highest it's been in I don't know how long. Now, I don't buy it as a lottery ticket. I buy it as a hedge against insanity. And when the world stops moving towards insanity, I'll stop buying gold. And I buy my gold from Goldline. They've been in business for like 55, 60 years now. And they're the best in the business. It's Goldline.com. Call them and ask them about their 1880 five and a half dollar liberties they're extremely popular right now for diversification and as a protection tool i have them they're absolutely great they're in really good condition for being you know 100 and what 40 year old uh coins but call the account executive right now at goldline goldline.com or call them at 866 goldline they're waiting for your call don't wait another day as things become more and more unstable 866 goldline 1866 goldline or goldline.com it's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. I think what we do agree on is that uh, people on Twitter pretty much should decide what direction your life takes, right? They Like if they are pissed off that you adopted a kid and then gave the kid back then you should probably go back and get the kid and just handle it it's definitely you know just handle it yeah the best way to live for sure right because all the criticism on social media is the way you need to uh form all the things that you do in your life right i've noticed that that's a good way to (laughs) live my life i've adopted it as my strategy it's a good it's a good idea it just is a wise step to take in your life is follow the dictates of the tweets that's just what that's what you do i just can't i i do so i am on social media mm-hmm. and you can by the way follow me at uh Stu does america okay. at pat unleashed i believe yes, it is as well it is on twitter uh you know I'm, i post our stuff up there but that's my interest in it is it, i like to you got to spread it use it to spread the word it's part of our lives as in the dumb business it's that a necessary we're in. evil if it wasn't for this business i would be in a unabomber shack <laughs> i would be in a shack uh, not, now, not literally, because I, I'm way too spoiled to be in a Unabomber shack, but I'm saying, like, from a social media standpoint, yeah, I would be in a shack. Too. I would never even know a thing that was tweeted. I would never be aware of it again. I wouldn't know anything that was tweeted. Mm-hmm. I would never follow another Instagram account. I would never be on any of it. I don't like it at all. I get n- yeah. not, not a moment of enjoyment uh, from it. And it's interesting, because it's just the opposite of that for the president of the United yeah, States. He loves it. Oh, my loves gosh, it. he loves it. 
He loves the interaction. He loves the back and forth. He yeah. loves the battle, the continual contention. I think he loves it. He does. You could tell he relishes it. He does. Because he could obviously change the, those things if he felt like... He could. You know, it, it would benefit him. But I don't think he, I don't he think could. it matters if it benefits him. And he's he in... Doesn't, a, that's, not his, that's not his priority there. He just likes it. He's in quite a battle with Twitter right now. Uh, and we'll get into some of the aspects of that coming up here in a sec on the Glenn Beck Program. You know, the last few months have really reminded us what's important in life. It's also helped us understand what we can eliminate or change. It's the same for business. What are the changes you have to make? Do you have a hairball of multiple software programs when you could streamline with one? Do you have a handle on all your numbers at any time? What you need is NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud-based business system. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything all in one place. So you save time, money, and headaches. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite will give you the visibility and control that you need to manage every penny with precision. Join over 20,000 companies who now trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies that they're using as America reopens for business. Get your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash that's netsuite.com slash back. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. He's on vacation this week. By the way, you can check out the Pat Gray Unleashed show every morning right before this show on the Blaze Radio and TV network or and or and and or you can check out the podcast as well later on in the day anytime at your leisure same is true for Stu Does America it's very true Pat uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze TV you can go to mm-hmm. blazetv.com slash Glenn and uh, get 10 bucks off if you want to subscribe get all of our shows and but you can I also do. watch them I on YouTube subscribe podcast I as do. you mentioned as well thank I, you Pat I, I really it. really do mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I, what if what if Blaze TV takes us down because they don't like our our content? What if they edit our content and they put a a, 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 a little like star next to a, a point that we make and say this isn't actually true? You should look at this point instead. That would kind of piss me off. <laughs> that's what Twitter's doing <laughs> yes, right now. Yes, and they that's are. Kind of the cause of this controversy. Yeah, and the president is rightly irritated with them, but it's a private company, and you can't shut Twitter down because they're doing things you don't like. You can't. I, you, I don't think you can. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how that's an American situation. You mm. can't do it. Uh, but what you could do is take your eighty million followers and suggest that they, everybody moves to a different forum. Just go to a different platform. Yep. And screw Twitter. Who cares? Uh, see you later, Twitter. We're going to some other platform right now. He likes the impact of he does. Twitter. Twitter. It's, he does. It, you know, really. When it comes to the American people, not that many of them are really on Twitter. It's the least impactful mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to actually reaching people. Uh, it's, it's massively amplified by the media because it's the media's favorite one. 
So like there's way more people on. on yeah, because you don't have to read very much. Right. Yeah. No, it's quick little comments. <laughs> yeah. They can they can go. It's all it's easily searchable. So you mm-hmm. can find what they said in the past about an issue. Uh, there's a lot of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff that goes on. So Facebook has way more people. Instagram has much more, uh, far more people who are using it in an active basis. It's it's that Twitter is all the blue check marks are there. All the media members, all the writers, all the commentators, and they're all there. They're, he gets to see all their comments. And so he gets the impact from there, and it drives the coverage of every single television station that comes out and feels mm-hmm. the need to do a story every time Donald Trump tweets something, unless it's something that's okay, like we're doing an investigation into the death in Minneapolis, which he tweeted, and nobody commented on, because that was totally fine, and they couldn't blame the incident on him. So no one talked about that tweet. But when they can find a problem with it, if he tweets something bad about Mika or Joe Scarborough, it's it leads the news for several days. And that is what the media likes about it. And it's also what Donald Trump likes about it. Yeah. And it's it's too bad because t- Twitter is ridiculous in their so-called effort to keep everything uh, um, on an uh, on an on a pleasant level. Mm. They want everybody to be nice to each other. Everybody uh, on the right needs to be nice. Now, the left can say whatever they please. And just to back that up a little bit, here's, here's the guy who has been appointed now to decide whose uh, tweets are okay and whose tweets aren't okay. This is the arbiter of all of that now. Yoel Roth. Uh, this is the guy who has been elevated to that position. And here's a few of his tweets, which I guess were perfectly acceptable in the past on Twitter. Uh, Yoel tweeted out, I'm just saying, we fly over those states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. Uh, see, that's an okay. That's perfectly, that's, that's all acceptable right there. He also tweeted at one point, yes, that person in the pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Yeah, so there's actual Nazis in the White House, according to Yoel Roth. Hmm. Uh, he also tweeted, Today on Meet the Press, we're speaking with Joseph Goebbels about the first 100 days. What I hear whenever Kellyanne is on a news show. So that was perfectly okay to call uh, Kellyanne, uh, not, uh, Joseph Goebbels. It's totally fine. It's amazing to me that not that they would put this person in control of this process. That does not amaze me at all. What amazes me is... That they would pick somebody who was so obviously searchable on comments like this. You'd think yeah. it would be someone who was maybe yeah. undercover a little bit. <laughs> you uh, would think. You know, I, I, that is bizarre. Yeah, it is. Bizarre. It is. And, and again, they can do what they want, I guess, with their forum. It's, you know, a private company and, and Jack can do whatever Jack wants to do with it. And you're going to point this moron uh, as the arbiter of all things good and right on Twitter. But, uh, wow, you're alienating at least i guess 50 percent of your of your audience base and maybe we'll just all accept it anyway but what again what the president should do is take his 80 million followers and go somewhere else with them that would have an impact on twitter i think i think that would be uh that would be impactful uh we have mark zuckerberg who's kind of speaking out about this uh and social media sites and the fact that they're starting to edit or or mark in some way certain comments by people. Here's what Zuckerberg told Fox News. 
We have a different policy, I, I think, than Twitter on this. You know, I, I just believe strongly that uh, that Facebook shouldn't be uh, the arbiter of truth of everything that people say online. Um, I think in general, private companies probably shouldn't be, or especially these platform companies, shouldn't be in the position of, of, of doing that. Uh, that would be really good if he practiced what he was just preaching there, but he kind of doesn't. He really kind of does. Yeah, I don't know what his line is there. Because he, what he said there, I think, should be the position of these companies. Absolutely, it Look, should. people are going to post a bunch of dumb crap, and there's yeah. nothing we can do about it. Sort it out yourself. That is a completely right. responsible commentary for a company, and, a, and, a, and, a, and an okay and responsible position to say that, you know what, You're gonna, some people are going to say, we didn't land on the moon. So what? Figure it Everybody out. knows we did. Yeah, whatever. And if they do, if everyone decides because of this video that we didn't land on the moon, well, I don't know what we're going to have to really work hard to try to convince people of the opposite. But, but that, it's not going to be me doing it. You're going to have to do it. NASA's going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. This idea mm-hmm. that Mark Zuckerberg should be in there trying to tell people what is right and what is wrong when users post it is stupid. Or adjusting his algorithm so that those people aren't seen. I mean, if people want to see them, let them see it. Yeah. If they don't want to see it, tell them not to look at it. Now, I It's not that hard. Really. I do tend to think that they have a very clear right and are okay in not promoting material they don't like. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if they wanted to say, I don't want to promote white nationalist like material, and they just they pick a, a thing, and they, they don't recommend that video. You, you watch a video that's with similar mm-hmm. content, and that one never pops up. I, that's their algorithm, and I think they could do that. Yeah. When people want to go, when they sign up for a person, they want to go to see their videos, it's ridiculous to pull them down. It's stupid. It, it is. You don't want to promote them. That's fine. I think that's fine. That's a good line for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they can say, they can, and, and you know, I'm very much a free market guy. I'm very much, and this is, I would say, decreasing in popularity as a viewpoint on the right. But I'm very much at the point that if Twitter wants to never allow another conservative on it in, 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 its, in the entire company's future, they can do that. They are a, mm-hmm. and I know we can get into the Section 230 thing, and I know people are, are thinking that right now, whether they get these protections. You know, that's a complicated issue that we can talk about more at length at another time. But like, generally speaking, they should be able to do whatever they want. I, I come to this, like, if, think of it this way, Pat. Uh, uh, a church, right? A, a religious organization decides mm-hmm. they want to they want to give access as a as an internet provider or an internet uh, forum, and they want to be able to stop anything that's blasphemous, anything questioning religion. Should they be able to do that? I would argue, yeah. If they want literally no dissent on their platform, they should be able to have no dissent on their platform. I don't think that's a great way to run a site, especially if you're Facebook or Twitter. But if they wanted to, they could do it. Now, if they mm-hmm. did it, their business model would fall apart. No one would be on it. Half the country would leave Twitter, and the other half would not have their fun at calling the other half racists. So what what, what good mm-hmm. is Twitter if you can't do that? But I, So I don't, I don't really like the idea that we're going to come in and try to micromanage how they deal with these things. You know, the, I, the concept being, and Ted Cruz makes a good case on this, they also shouldn't receive um, protections if they are going to make those decisions. They shouldn't receive copyright protections it, and other right. things, which is exactly. an understandable case. It's very muddy legally to me. I, I think Cruz makes a great case. I've heard, you know, a lot. Of, 
you know, Section 230 is actually overall a really good thing. It's, it's all, a, mm-hmm. it really has uh, allowed the internet to flourish and become very free. It's actually a very free market thing. It's just the question of this one little part of it. Do we tweak it to make it so, you know, these companies can't just edit and, you know, de, de, you know denounce material that they don't agree with. I, mm-hmm. I understand Trump's uh, struggle there, but on the other side of it, you know, like I th- Trump wins this battle, right? He comes in and he says what he wants to say. Yeah. And people are going to listen to it if, if they like him. They're not going to if they don't. I don't think there's a lot of people who are like, you know what? I really want to hear about uh, what happened to Joe Scarborough's intern. But there's that link under there on Twitter and they're going to send me to a fact check page. So I'm going to have my mind changed. <laughs> That's like two people on Earth. That, that, you're either going to believe that stuff or you're not. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. The idea that Twitter is going to be able to win this battle is 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 silly. I mean, you mentioned the moon conspiracy thing. Whether whether or not we've been to the moon, if okay, if you're going to watch a video that shows you inaccurate information, and you are part of the eleven percent who believes that we've never been to the moon, oh well. Yeah. I mean, so, whatever. Okay. I you know, I can't help that you're that dumb. Everyone's I, got I their little conspiracy it. theory. You're that dumb. <laughs> you know, whatever. And pretty soon we're going to we're going to go to the moon again and then you're going to have to say, "I guess we didn't go there again this time as well." Uh are you going to believe that we go to the moon when Elon Musk gets us there? I I think the answer to that is no. I think the answer is no. Yeah. Right? It's going to be much it's actually much easier to believe we'd fake a moon landing now. We can make it look really good. Oh yeah! Back in the we day, do way better than yeah. 1969. Yeah, Are you kidding me? I mean, even like those, they've done those um, examinations of the shadows and like the way the the thing would have to be lit yeah. for this to happen. Then the lighting yeah. didn't even exist, and there's all these issues now. Right. All that stuff you can make it perfect. Yes, you could do it CGI, and no one would know the difference. Nobody would know. In fact, they could have they could have pretended to launch yesterday, and we wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> we wouldn't have known. <laughs> we know, they but they didn't to... pretend it. But they could have. They could have. In fact, the SpaceX launch was scrapped yesterday, which was a bummer. I, I was really, really hoping they were going to get up there uh, yesterday, but they're they're rescheduled now for Saturday afternoon, I think. Mm-hmm. So Saturday afternoon, we'll we'll see if they fake this thing again. Because really, I think all space flight has been faked, right? In the minds of the moon conspiracy people. I, I think don't think so. anybody's been to space. I, they don't believe there is space or something. In fact, I... When I was talking to the flat earth guy, and this was like over 20 years ago now, uh, 22, 23 years ago. They've come a long way. They've come a long way since (laughs) then. I mean, the earth's still flat, but they've come a long way. (laughs) But it was, it's flat, but it's a disc. And then he's, and then the, like the sun is only 37 miles, if I remember correctly, from the earth. I mean, it is the size it looks like it is in the sky because it's only, really big if you believe that it's 93 million miles away that's mm. the only time the the sun is really big but it's 37 miles it's away. 37 miles away yeah so it's that's a lot closer it's a lot closer <laughs> yeah it is a few inches <laughs> would be a big deal i feel like 25 degrees uh, on the you know the, the the surface of the earth i mm-hmm. mean if we move an inch or two the wrong way i think that can happen you're done you're just yeah, yeah you're done <laughs> But you're never going to convince those people, and who cares if you do? Right. It's okay. You know, like, it's okay that people believe crazy things. Yeah, so it's what? It's okay. It's okay. So Stop we all trying survive to get everybody, it. Yeah, we all live. Who cares what they believe? Who cares? Yeah. 
You know, 99% of this stuff doesn't make any difference, and we all sit here and stress about it all the time. Who cares? There are people that think Ted Cruz's dad killed JFK. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz's dad. Right, yeah. To Glenn Beck. Home is where the heart is, especially now that we've been home more than ever. And Blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world, wants to help you turn your home into even more of a sanctuary this summer. A retreat to escape to by offering you a chance to win a contact-free total bedroom makeover worth over $2,000. Plus, a virtual session with an experienced interior designer whose work has been featured in Country Living Magazine, Pop Sugar, and has inspired millions online. With Blinds.com, making your home more beautiful is always easy and affordable. Enter for your chance to win, and you could transform your bedroom into the perfect staycation. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows. Go to Blinds.com right now to enter for your chance to win a total bedroom makeover worth over $2,000. And check out their special savings on top quality interior blinds, shades, shutters, and outdoor shades. No purchase necessary. Rules and restrictions may apply. See Blinds.com for details. Yep. It's one of my favorites. It is uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn, who is on vacation this week. Triple eight, seven two seven B E C K. You highlighted one of my favorite media tactics while we were off the air here, Pat. CNN did it today. They said, you know, Donald Trump's silent as one hundred thousand people <laughs> die, and they did this. This is a mm. very constant thing. CNN is really bad at it right it is now. So deceitful and, and they are, deceptive. They are. Let's be honest about it. In their least. Uh, connected to actual news period in the entire network's history it's been fine to criticize cnn over the years they have abandoned abandoned being a news organization organization yeah they're total anti-trump propaganda now that's all they are and i i would put an asterisk there for certain uh exceptions of personalities and hosts and journalists on there i don't think everybody's like that but the tone of their day is Mm -hmm. that it is associating every story with donald trump and trying to make him look bad in any way possible this this is another example it's this is a tactic that cnn uses all the time which is take one activity let's say trump is doing and tie it to another activity that's happening roughly at the same time Mm -hmm. and then just connect them with as so it's like (laughs) let's say uh, this guy you know donald there's a murder in uh in pocatella idaho Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and they say donald trump golfs as murders go on in idaho (laughs) And like those two things aren't connected at all. Like, what? what why? What does it matter? What, right. Anytime he golfs, bad things will be happening somewhere in the world. But if yes. you say he golfs as that bad thing is happening, <laughs> it's like he's ignoring it. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to go golfing. What's that? What happened? The guy got murdered. Screw him. Uh, it's tea time. That's not what's occurring. But they did this today, where they're like, he was silent. Well, he. What do you mean he's silent? He's been talking about COVID the whole time, every day, every day, and every day. You bitched about it when he talked about it. You said he's talking about it too much. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. See you tomorrow.